0: Welcome to the Law and Sport podcast with me, Sean Cottrell, the founder and CEO of Law and Sport. The Law and Sport podcast is here to help you understand the latest legal issues and developments from the world of sport. On today's show, our guest is Gunter Jünger, the Director of Intelligence and Investigations for the World Anti-Doping Agency. He was in London in November for a Wilder media symposium, and I managed to catch Gunther to ask him about his role, the work of his team, and some of the challenges that that he has to face and overcome in working in intelligence function within the anti-doping and sports movement, which I think is particularly um, important to understand given the high levels of emotion on both you know, in sport itself but with also within the anti-doping movement, both those who are for it and against it. I found it a fascinating interview. I hope you do the same. I hope you enjoy the show. So thank you so much for taking the time uh, at this symposium to do an impromptu interview. Um, we spoke off the record just about your role, some of the challenges that, you know, being in, in, intelligence, um, in an intelligence department and being an intelligence officer as such, how uh, you deal with the global challenge of having different levels of expertise, uh, legal systems and and funding for intelligence um Led initiatives within anti-doping organisations. So, can you talk about or give us an insight into your role, and then how you try to work with the national anti-doping organisations and law enforcement globally uh, with a limited budget, which you know, mm-hmm. which is quite small um, given the scope that you're trying to cover?
1: Um, yeah, definitely. Um, perhaps I start with the the, uh, the department that I run. Um, what we have put in place in Regards of security and how we deal with our, with uh, messages. Uh, first, we have a channel which you can reach us. It's through SpeakUp, uh, either through emails or through the website or through an app that we have developed. So as soon as uh, this uh, information arrives, uh, what we what we do is uh, the, our unit, confidential information unit. They deal with this information. So the information will be first. Will be assessed, evaluated regarding the source and regarding the information. Regarding the source, do we know the source? What is the motivation? Uh, what can we find out? Most of them are anonymous. It's a bit difficult, uh, but it helps us later for the assessment what actions we can take. Uh, and the second part is the information itself how vague is it? Is it an assumption? Is it hearsay? Is it irrefutable? So
0: you're grading
1: it. We are grading it. So I have a a case decision matrix. Uh, So we, um, we, as well, who is the one who is the allegation? Is it about an athlete or a group of athletes? Or is it an organization? Or is it bribery, corruption? So we we have a process. And then this case will be evaluated in this respect. Then this unit does a first analysis and comes up with a recommendation. Recommendation can be, this is a minor case, it's very vague, Uh, it's good for intelligence purposes, we should send it to an international federation or an ADO. Then in this respect already we decide as well, is the federation equipped enough to do the investigations? What kind of federations do we talk to? Um, If we see, might be, if the organization itself is involved, uh, then we, of course, we cannot send it to them, then we keep it for ourselves. So this is the process where we decide whether to send it out or to leave it in our department to investigate perhaps later. Then we have priorities, so we say, okay, this case is a very urgent one, it needs to be dealt immediately, or we say it's on hold because of resources. This is a normal process. Mm. Um, and then we we store the information if we have an informant who wants to work perhaps in the long term. Uh, he gets a whistleblower status. Uh, that means he signs a contract that he works with us, and then the identity will be protected. So in this respect, only the confidential information manager, uh, the coordinator from this unit, and my person will know the identity, nobody else. So as soon as we have established in this respect Uh, a case where we say we run, then the confidential information manager produces an intelligence report based on what he has learned from the informant and provides to the investigator. So the investigator doesn't know at all who is the the informant, but he is the, the one who receives the information and he can ask questions back to the confidential manager and then he goes back to the informant and asks the questions why I'm doing that, because according to my experience in law enforcement, an investigator runs a case, and sometimes it's a very complex case, of one, two years. So at, the, at one stage, he doesn't know anymore where this information comes from. So it might be that he's an in interview and discloses information that might the other person, how do you know that? Uh, it can only be transferred through a source that I know, which might disclose then the informant. So this is why the investigator should focus on the investigation, while the confidential information manager should focus on protecting the identity. So to write a report that... It's and so it can give you
0: that more holistic picture and a more accurate picture, rather than having exactly. uh, something that may have some bias. Yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. and the investigator has no time. He should focus on that, and the confidential manager can go back, can discuss can discuss the strategy. Sometimes we receive information that oh, we cannot use it now, because if we use it now, it immediately comes back to you. Yeah. So we need to find, so the confidential manager tells the investigator, this is the result we have that but you don't get it so you have to find a way to get it from but it's there yeah yeah. it's like uh, searching in in a haystack. if you need to find a needle Uh, if you look uh, the whole thing then you won't find it but if i tell you start on the right far end uh, with the search and then you find it at the end. No one will ask you anymore Why did you start at the, at the right end because I can say I start because I have to start somewhere Yeah, so I started luckily at the same place where the needle is so you can guide the investigation um, We do that because uh, and this is what we learned uh, in, the, in the independent commission is that in the sport world, the human resource or the human being is not really the intelligence, it's not really used properly because this is the biggest uh, value that we have because we have people in the system we have people who come forward and gives you detail about the investigation so this is why we put a lot of effort and this is why we have confidential information exclusively uh, exclusively working for whistleblowers
0: and so that's um a cultural shift in a sense that that if people have come forward i've seen this before you get learned helplessness almost where um people come forward it's a bit like uh, in in diversity inclusion people apply for jobs and maybe they're female or from a minority group, and and then they don't get through to interview, or they don't even get looked at or response, and they stop applying. Yeah. It's a similar thing with whistleblowing. Yeah. If they haven't got confidence in the system, then inevitably they go, "There's no point in us being exactly. involved." Yeah, okay. exactly.
1: I mean, they expose themselves, and uh, this is what uh, and what oh, I realize no. whenever I have someone with a serious allegation, it's the fear that they have, you know, to be exposed, and then you know suddenly they shared something which they. expose them even more so you need to address this this emotions mm. of the person and give the person the feelings that you are still controlling the information and we do nothing without your so, so how do you deal with them the, the
0: internationally working with your colleagues okay, yeah. there's a there's going to be a no doubt a training need there yeah. Um, and particularly, I'm sort of thinking as you're talking though that sometimes the narrative around that may be unhelpful in that regard in the sense that I always say it's very polarized, you're either a keen athlete or you're a dirty, cheating athlete, yeah. and sometimes that's not quite um, an accurate reflection of really what's going on, but it seems to, seem to either you're good or bad, you're either clean or not, or you're not clean. Yeah. Um, and that must cause a problem, again, if people are trying to come forward because they may get tarnished um, with a certain
1: image. And this is why we have this process, in order to find out what is the motivation of the person who came forward. Mm. Uh, and as well, we want to meet and in the long term. We always meet with this person uh, in order to find out what, what is the real uh, reason why to come forward. And with uh, just with Vitali Stepanov, when he came forward, and said, I want to just clean sport, and coming from law enforcement, I didn't believe that at the beginning because I thought, you know, you you sacrifice your life, you sacrifice, you can never go back to Russia for what, for clean sport? Mm. I could hardly believe it. But after one or two weeks working with him, I was convinced that he is doing that just because of that, which was an outstanding reason. And as well, what we realize now... uh, they're not asking, like, money for the information. Mm -hmm. Most of the informants that we have, they really want to change something Mm -hmm. in in sport, which is amazing for me because it means, okay, there are really people out there who believe that someone should, should do something. And our feedback that we have received so far from the guys that we work with, they said... And we were so grateful to have someone we can talk mm. to and to understand the problem. And even if sometimes they're not so happy because it takes a bit too long. Yeah, yeah. But I said, the first priority is always to right. protect you and mm. your family for the future. So that we, we know that yeah, the yeah, evidence yeah. is there. Yeah. Even if they say, use it, and we say, no, no, no. We find another way to use it, but in a different way.
0: So how do you deal with them with this... Uh it obvious seems would seem to me because uh, you know we've done as I said before the, we started recording we've done research on national anti organisations back yeah. in 2013. There's a huge gulf between one funding levels, uh, staffing levels, um, the quality of staff that people are able to attract at these organisations, and their and then their ability to execute on the, uh, either good governance or their their actual strategic plan. So how does that? Um, No, that's a that's a very real challenge you have to face. How do how do you address it? And again, you probably have to take a quite a long-term view on this.
1: Yeah. So for the uh, intelligence or for the investigations part, what we have created is a network. A network. It's called Anti-Doping Intelligence and Investigations Network, Uh, and it's based on three levels. Uh, The first levels are for those they have no investigative. Uh, capabilities. <clears throat> so we we um, teach them in, in symposium or in workshop how to start up with, uh, with an investigation unit or intelligence unit. And then they can establish something, you know, they need an investigator, you need an analyst, you should have a unit like we did with uh, ADAC. You know, in Kenya, you should have an investigator, you should now have an analyst to analyze the intelligence. He should know how to inter- interview people, etc. Then the second level is the level where we already give them cases, uh, saying, okay, can you investigate that in order to see what is the outcome, how did you investigate, do you need help? If they call us and say, I'm at that stage, what can I do in addition? So to get them trained so that they can run cases. And the third level is the expert level. The expert level is on invitation only. There are at the moment 25, so we have several really good investigators worldwide. And those are, if we have a big case, uh, this is the group where we address our concerns. Like, Could you help us in this investigation? And are they
0: organizations or individuals? Sorry?
1: No, they are orga- organizations, but individuals in the organization. The
0: organization right. And they normally, like, they normally got law enforcement backgrounds or something yeah, like that? Yeah, most
1: of them. Yeah. But UKED, for instance, here, they are part of it. Yeah. Because uh, they are very experienced, uh, and we we need this kind of experience mm-hmm. because we cannot do it alone. So if we have in, in the future, if we have countries that that perhaps need some help, like we come back to Kenya, UKET was one of the countries who helped them, uh, like Norway, mm-hmm. Norway is as well in there. Uh, so we said, would you are you interested to help this, uh, this NADO to Sando to? Get you know up to speed with investigation, and then they can decide. Or we have a bigger case. We haven't tried it out yet. With a bigger case, we say, okay, perhaps we create this global network and run this case with the with the investigators. If of course they're available. Almost
0: Interpol-esque.
1: Yeah, it's like a. a, a, But an expert. It's because Interpol doesn't investigate as well. It's also coordination. But these are really the experts that know how to run cases and we get back to them if we have like, uh, uh, I don't know uh, what are the policies, what is important for a NADO to investigate. And, and no doubt
0: though, I was thinking as that with the three tiers, it's interesting with the second tier, you evaluate how they get on because exactly. obviously you could see that how quite quickly that si- having that type of responsibility and oversight could be, like in the police force, um, yeah, in the UK or wherever else there's always a risk that it can be open to abuse or the same as if you become yeah. an executive at, uh, exactly. at a sports organisation
1: so uh, and this is this is uh, but this is a feeling that you have after because Interpol or police mm. is the biggest network, yeah. network. and you realise let's say in a couple of months whether a person is good mm. or it's just Blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah. in this respect, um, if someone comes forward with good cases or got good feedback on cases, it's not like you can go into the third level immediately. Yeah. You need to have to be convinced first by us, but then we forward the name to the uh, to the group and then they say, yes, it's it's worth to take it. Um,
0: would you say that, that uh, so in the... I'm not, hopefully, I'm not framing questions. I just realised I might be framing questions that I'm leading you. I'm not trying to necessarily lead you here, but in the, 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 the often in the narrative around anti-doping, there's a fixation always, despite what we know, given uh, on on the, the tests. Right. Mm-hmm. And given that what we know about you know, the biggest cases in the world, like consistently every year it seems, have been in, generally been intelligence-led or been driven first of all by criminal some sort of criminal investigation uh, or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, how challenging it is that? Because is there a shift where the, the, the I know that people now understand in the anti labor movement that intelligence is more important, but is there still? Uh, uh, an imbalance there between the reliance on inevitably you have to do some tests right I get mm. that um, and you hear about people being more tar- doing more targeting testing but is there a still an imbalance in the sense that both on skill set and people's attention that they're still reliant too much on, on tests and not enough in certain areas is that something you're seeing
1: um, I think um, it complements each other perfectly so testing and intelligence is is the perfect combination of doing a proper investigation. Um, of course, um, I'm a big fan of intelligence testing. That means not just doing on our I don't know I test yeah ten thousand samples. yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. just to do it because at first it's very expensive and you could reuse these resources for intelligence but for this. You need to have an intelligence unit to gather information over years in order to learn how it works in the respective sport, and then to do specifically testing. And at the moment, this is uh, what we in VAR do. We have the testing, a uh, testing uh, standards and harmonisation department who does testing as well. Uh, we have the compliance who looks into uh, with audits who looks into compliance issues. And in addition, we have the intelligence and investigations department. So even after an audit, and we had investigations in NADOs, even the audit was was okay, we still saw some irregularities in, in the system. So I think to combine everything, that is the perfect
0: matchup. And so how then do you, so we're going through a current review of the Wilder Code, how do you take what you've learned? Because it seems to me that that would be quite,
1: uh,
0: if you have the right distance, that you're saying that you have mm-hmm. and the investigators have and that body of, of expertise that's there, a bit like we saw with the, the Bonner investigation with the mm-hmm. f- former, uh, I think, chief constabulary in, mm-hmm. uh, in the north of England who gave a great overview, I think, of, of what he f- saw as the problems with the whistlebone policy, that being mm-hmm. unclear on what is or isn't expected. How do you feed that back? Is there a process in which you're feeding that back into the wider code mm-hmm. review? Because it was seen that, obviously, you are only as good as the... The rules that you're trying to to enforce.
1: Yeah, at the moment there is a code review, uh, and yeah. at the moment is as well the ISTA. Uh, ISTA. Yeah. Sorry, but <laughs> I can do it in German. Um, uh, review, and we have fed already some right. some stuff that we think that it's important. Nevertheless, it's a development. It's not something that you can like right away. So it needs to, and this is what my is not just putting something in place if you don't understand why it is but take everyone with us even if it's a bit slower but take everyone with us in this in this uh, in this uh, process because it doesn't help with we have the best investigation department in the world but all the others not because you need your partners so therefore they need to understand and we see a lot of Positive development in NADOS and IFs regarding the investigation because they see as well with our results it's really worth to invest it. Mm. Um, Nevertheless, it will take more years because uh, with the resources you need to spend money and therefore.
0: Uh, Normally, unfortunately, when there's a. um, uh, some sort of controversy or scandal that normally it forces a reform yes. quicker. Um, the, I think the you know, the, IAE, the Athletics Integrity Unit is, a, I mm-hmm. think, a good example. There's yeah. some more capabilities there, which seem to be a very good use of resources. Finally, then, because I'm conscious of time, but the um, finally then, given your your work and we spoke again just before the podcast about trying to take out the emotion and something that is quite sport is. Uh, and I see it from the legal side, people lose their mind over sport, even very, very good lawyers who are normally good at being objective, they're hugely passionate about sport. It, it creates a huge amounts of emotion. When you take that emotion, then you take the, the politics that takes place in sport and international sport. How does that, how do you, How do you? Uh, how, what challenges does that present to you? Um, how do you deal with it and what would you like to see, or what would you encourage, what sort of view would you encourage colleagues working in the sector to try and take uh, to, to get better outcomes?
1: Um, I understand the emotions and this is what I said in the presentation because people, especially athletes that don't understand from 2015, although so much happened in Russia and VARA disclosed it. Uh, there was not really consequence. Russian could compete. You know, now they are neutral athletes. Mm. But after one year, if they uh, mm. if they uh, fulfil their testing pre- pre- conditions, yeah. then then they are they are obliged to to, to compete. Uh, and this is what they don't understand. And at the moment, what I what I see is that the mo- emotions and all the the, the aggressivity, if I, say mm. I can say it, it's an English word, uh, goes out towards wara. Mm. Although this was the only one who really did the independent commission, who suspended Rosara, who did the operation limbs now, so um, the only one that is now actually standing up and doing something uh, gets criticized. I understand because the frustration is uh, is just too high. What we have to do, and this is as well my job, and this is why I'm happy to be here, is to explain what we are doing and explain and perhaps have some faith. At least have some faith that we do the right thing. And at the end, we're gonna explain that. And I'm happy for the operational limbs at the end of the process to explain everything. Mm -hmm. But during an investigation, it's like a chess game. Mm -hmm. You would never in a chess, you would never say, I do this and this step, because the other one will know exactly what you're doing. So you can explain at the end, we did this because of that. What I need to do more, and I put this as my shoulder, Mm -hmm. is to go to the athletes more and to explain that and say, listen, this is what we are doing this is not always transparent but this is the ultimate goal and this is why we need the data because otherwise we're going to lose the cases and i don't want to lose the cases yeah. i'm not going into cast to lose a case i want to go there because i'm convinced that the person did something wrong they should be um, prosecuted and this is uh, at the moment that uh, that the frustration is mixed with politics and this is never good from my point of view from my work i'm not i'm not um, not political, yeah, yeah. I'm not impacted because I can do my work. I said to the CRC, and they asked me when they did the assessment, do you need this? Because in the, the roadmap was, was said, uh, operation was a copy of limbs, which means we have that already. We don't need that anymore. But yeah. we need the raw data because we want to have the full chain of custody. Because you as a lawyer, you, you know that with the database, uh, they can say, so the data, how did they get it in the database, yeah, by an analyst. Could it be manipulated? Yeah, so where's the raw data? We don't have it. Mm. Thank you very much. So this is why, to, to really complete that, this is the final piece. We know, we, we don't expect a lot of, yeah. more information, but we need it to have the strongest strains for, for our cases, because they are all, most of them are non-analytical cases. We have no substance. Yeah. And this is for, for sport as well. A new development so, so far, as you said as well, is so far we have a test, positive, and then the outlet has to explain. Now we have no sample. So we have, but we have the information. This is now the real intelligence where we say as athlete, gets sanctioned, not because found a, a substance in, the, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a sample, but enough evidence that proves that this outlet was part of a bigger system in yeah. Russia.
0: The, um, it's interesting because I'm, I'm, you know, I always say that I always start my, any critique of, of WADA always start off by going if you looked at all sort of the political um, achievement, let's say, or of getting WADA set up as, from a legal perspective, incredible. So this to Dick Pound, right? incredible. right? To David Hammond before and others, incredible achievement. Uh, but I think the it seems that like the political narrative around it sometimes causes huge problems, and I think there are a whole bunch of areas in which Water can improve. Um, of course, and I always. think, yeah, uh, and I also think you know it'd be good to see you know, maybe we can do something on this hopefully in the future of getting some of the people who maybe have a different views around for a discussion. Um, but this is, I think you rightly said, that the evolution is trying to pick up the bits that are working, improve, and then try and pick up the other areas. So uh, thank you so much for your time. I'm absolutely convinced that the intelligence um, community um, and getting that function within the, the, the both anti-doping in match-fixing, in other areas of integrity, ch- safeguarding, in particular, is absolutely critical to a, a, a well-functioning sports um, sector. So, uh, keep up the good work. Thank um, you very much. I think it's an area where I think Wilder can be. It's a bit more positive narrative to say around what Wilder's been doing, but undoubtedly, in the international landscape, it is a real challenge. I think. This quite, I fully agree. Yeah. So but we we'll
1: never give up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very <laughs> much. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Bye-bye.